You know, the, the book of Revelation says that um, by the <clears throat> blood of the Lamb and by the word of the testimony that, that the enemy, Satan, was defeated. And uh, we heard some good testimonies today. I'll tell you what. Makes me want to start with mine. I'm 58 years old. and uh, <laughs> But you all, you all have heard that before. But <clears throat> um, let's open our Bibles. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, please. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Last uh, time we were in Thessalonians, a few weeks back, uh, we talked about living, living holy in an unholy world. And uh, that's a challenge, isn't it? But Jesus prayed uh, in John 17 that we would be in the world, but not of the world. In the world, but not of the world. And that's what his calling is for our lives, that we'd be set apart to God, that we would be different. And especially in that uh, passage we looked at last time in the area of sexual immorality, that God's plan is that it would be uh, that gift of sex would be within marriage between one man and one woman, and that's his plan, that's his purpose, that's how he created it, that's what he wants, and we need to, to follow his will and his way. Uh, so it's kind of a warning in one sense, too, that we need to watch out and be careful because the world around us is telling a completely different story, and uh, we need to learn self-control, we need to follow God, and we need to flee when necessary or we'll certainly reap what we sow. So God's called us to live a holy life, it says there in chapter 4. And not that we would be holier than thou kind of life, but holy means to be set apart. Set apart. That's what God's called us to be. With His power, though, and His promises and His divine nature. I want to uh, bring greetings uh, to you from Israel. And... Uh, <clears throat> We, uh, we, had a, we had an excellent time with Anthony and Irene and, and uh, those kids. And, uh, you know, um, they got four kids, and, like, they're, like, six and down to, like, 15 months. And I think uh, uh, my ears are just recovering, you know, like, <laughs> And uh, their kids are kind of loud. And uh, I forgot what our kids were like. But uh, what I really want to tell you about is, is, uh, is cheesecake uh, today. Israeli cheesecake is what I really want to tell you about. That I just could not get enough of this Israeli cheesecake. Now, cheesecake here is good, but it's really kind of dense, you know, really heavy, and, and uh, it's too much for me. But the Israeli cheesecake, oh, let me tell you what. Man. I love it. <laughs> you know, you know, let me tell you something about this Israeli cheesecake. <laughs> it's low fat. It's really good for you. <laughs> it's got all the food groups there. And uh, it's made with a special cheese that I'm, I'm right now in the process of trying to find it. I will find it. It's called, I learned some, a new Hebrew word. It's the only word that I learned this time, uh, the word for this special cheese. You want me to say it for you? Yes. Okay. Gvina Levana. See, that's my new Hebrew word. But 
as much as I love that, and I just can't get enough of it, I, I mean, they'd be saying, are you sure you don't want some more cheesecake? And I said, well, okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> and, and there was a little bakery around, right around the corner, and it was like, it was a disaster because I, would, I was too close. I was getting snacks for the kids, snacks for me, and then they had these big cheesecakes. And uh, man, I gotta go get some more of that right now, I think. <laughs> But, you know, we need more than cheesecake in this world. And, and really what, you know, if you, you know the, all those songs that have been written about uh, what the world needs now is what? Love. love. And Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians 13, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. And really my, uh, my thought and what I want to speak in the few minutes that I have for you today is that you can never get enough. And you can never give enough. It's a kind of a give and receive kind of thing, this love. And that's what we're going to see in this passage here. You know, uh, Charlie Brown is one of my favorite theologians. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, it, it was written in, in one of his uh, strips, that uh, his cartoon strips, is that, is that through Charlie Brown, it says here that the need we have to be loved is huge, and that also through Lucy that, you know, we have this inability to love someone else. Let me tell you what they said. They're, they're speaking to each other, and Charlie Brown says, all it would take to make me happy is to have someone say he likes me or loves me. And Lucy says, are you sure? And he says, of course I'm sure. And she says, you mean you'd be happy if someone merely said that he or she likes you? Or loves you? Do you mean to tell me that someone has it within his or her power to make you happy by merely doing such a simple thing? Yes, that's exactly what I mean, he said. She says, well, I don't think that's asking too much. I really don't. Now, she's standing face to, him, face, to face with him, but she asks him again, but you're sure now all you want is, is to have someone say that to you, Charlie Brown, and then you'll be happy? He said, yes, and then I'll be happy. And and she turns and walks away saying, well, I, I just can't do it. <laughs> Charlie Brown. But the thing is that what Lucy couldn't do, this person says, God does. He says, I love you. And what Charlie Brown needs, lost and alone as he is, God supplies. God loves you and is telling you today that he loves you. And... Let's read together 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 9 and 10. It says, Now about brotherly love, we do not need to write to you. Yourselves have been taught by God to love each other. And in fact, you do love all the brothers throughout Macedonia. Yet we urge you, brothers, to do so more and more. He's saying you do love each other. There's something good going on here, and, and the love of Jesus makes an incredible difference. It starts with him. We love because he first loved us, right? And it begins with his love. We have to always remember that. But he says here in this passage that they had this brotherly love, and there's two words in this passage for love. One is phileo, the brotherly love, where we get this, the word for Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. And, and also this word agape, but notice he says here about brotherly love, we don't need to write to you, you're, you're doing that, but you have been taught by God to agape, to love each other, and, and to be taught by God is really, that's where we really need. 
You can't like get a book and, and, and maybe I'm going to teach you how to love now. And I'm going to teach you. But, but to be taught by God to love each other. And, and we've heard it like a few different times from these gals about being in a house with 40 women. God, you know, save me from that. But um, um, to, no offense meant. I love every one of you. And God loves you. But to be taught by God that to, to, to be able to love one another with this agape love and to be students of love. That's what we need to be, students of agape, that God would teach us the God kind of love. He is the best teacher ever, isn't he? Yes. Because why? Because it's a part of who he is, that God is love, John tells us. Warren Wearsby said this, and it kind of fits with what they were sharing about is, is how do we learn this? He says, by, sometimes by putting us into circumstances that force us to practice Christian love, the difficulties that we believers have with one another are opportunities for us to grow in our love. Say, well, you know, if everything's just great and, and the people around me are just perfect, then I'll be able to love them. And, but it just isn't that way, is it? The people you live with. Think for a moment, unless you live by yourself. Think for a moment about the person you live with. <laughs> My wife's back there. I can't look that direction. <laughs> Just think for a moment about <clears throat> the fact that, that God is calling you to love that person. And are they always lovable, especially like in the morning time maybe? But, but let me tell you what Jesus said in, first, in John 15, 12. He says, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. And notice he says, um, one of my options for you is that you would love each other in this agape God kind of love. It's not an option. It's like a command. It's not like a command. It is a command. That's an that's, that's English misuse of that term. But we all say it like... And like, no, not like. It's a command, he says, to love each other. God commands me to love you and for you to love me. But he doesn't, he doesn't just say, well, just do it and, and figure it out. He says, no, but I, I'm loving. I'm going to work through you. And I'm going to work in you. and I'm going to help you to love each other. And I believe in in. in the fact that this love that, that he gives to us, that he wants us to share, that we can never give enough of it and we can never get enough of it. He says there in verse 10 that you are doing it already and he, he uses the word agape that, that, that you're doing it, but he says we urge you, look at that in verse the middle of verse 10, he says we urge you brothers to do so more and more, to do so more and more that, that you can't, give or get enough of it, that, that, that we do need to be students of love and increasing in love because we haven't arrived yet. You know, when we start to think that we're, you know, I, I've got this loving thing down pretty good now. I'm just, I'm pretty good at it, you know. It's like, what? No. You're, you're like, you're off track. Talk about getting your focus off. You got your focus off and you're way off. John, uh, John 13, I want you to turn with me to John 13. We're going to look at a few uh, passages there. Uh, I've only got a few minutes, but uh, if you'll bear with me, John 13, uh, verses 34 and 35. <clears throat> he says this, A new command I give you, to love one another. 
And as I have loved you, so you must love one another. And by this all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. You hear that word over and over again, love one another. This is a command. This is what he's called us to do. And not only that, but he says the world around us will know if we're his disciples by this something that's coming out of us, by something that's happening amongst us. One person wrote this. He says, if you're looking for a church, don't look first at programs and activities, but look to see if the people of the church truly love each other. I would hope and, and, and I believe that, that this church is a place where people do love each other. But I think that what Paul is saying here in first, or there in First Thessalonians is that we need to grow in that. And we need to get better at it. And we need to figure out how to do that even more and more. To love each other. Notice he says in that verse there, he says to love how? He says, as he loved as I have loved you, he says, so you must love one another. And how did he love it? It was a sacrificial love. It was a giving of his own life kind of love. Not a self-centered love. Some of the love that you know, we hear about in the world and, 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 and to be honest, how we experience and, and how we think about it is a love that, that makes me feel good. But this agape love takes it to a much higher level, much a deeper level where it's a love thinking about the other person and and, and how can I uh, make that person, make that person's life better? Lay down my life. It's not an easy love. Jesus said it in John 15, greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. There's nothing greater than it, though. Look at the beginning of John chapter 13, the first verse. He says there, <clears throat> It was just before the Passover feast. Jesus knew that the time had come for him to leave this world, go to the Father. And having loved his own who were in the world, he now showed them the full extent of his love. And then you know what happens in this chapter. He washes his disciples' feet. And, and uh, he was a servant. It was a sacrificial love, he talks about, but also a serving love where he served them. Sometimes they don't want to receive it. Peter said, no, you're not going to wash my feet. You know the whole rest of that story there. But later in that chapter, after he'd done that, um, if you look down to first, uh, uh, verse 14, he says, Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. And I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. I tell you the truth, no servant is greater than his master nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. You'll be blessed if you do them. He says to love as he loved. And how did he love? He, he served. He took care of them. And we're not going to you know, bring out the buckets and the, and the water and do this foot washing ceremony kind of now because most of you took a shower before you came, uh, hopefully. And... Uh, it's not really necessary. It's not needed. But, but aren't there areas in our lives where we need to just be serving one another and, and uh, helping one another in this life because it's a tough life. It's a hard world. This serving others kind of love. If you, know, if you think about it, do you think really that you could grow and do that more and more? I think so. I know for myself. No questions that I can learn more to love and care about the other person. I want to um, 
close with the, the love chapter, which you're all very familiar with, but let's close there anyways because it's, uh, it gives us some ideas about, about what this love is like as well as sacrificial, as well as, as a servant kind of love for the other people. This kind of gives us some more ideas. First, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, <clears throat> starting in verse 1, he says, If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels... But have not love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames, but have not love, I gain nothing. He says we can do and be all these different things. We can be incredible speakers and and have these gifts and prophecy and wisdom and knowledge and all these different things that are going on, but, but, but love not being a part of it, he says, you know what? It's useless. Not that those things are bad, but without love, they just don't, they don't have their, their meaning. Love is what gives them meaning. Verse 4 through 8, he says, love is patient. Maybe we can put our own names. I've read that before. People say, well, you should put your own name in there. See if, it, see if it's happening. See if I'm really loving uh, uh, one another. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. not easily angered. Keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. And it always protects, it always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. We should memorize those verses, huh? And ask God to, to be working that more and more into my life, into our lives, because that's, that's what he's saying back in First Thessalonians. We need to grow in it more and more. Yeah, we, we do love each other, but, but can it get any deeper? Can it get to be more of these kinds of things where, where there's kindness, there's patience? There's a lack of being rude. A lack of being self-seeking, self-centered. How about anger? Do we have a problem with anger? How about, how about keeping that record of what the other person has done? I still remember when you did that to me. He says, keeping no record of wrongs, letting it go, delighting in the truth, protecting, trusting, hoping, persevering. That's what I want, more love. That's why I love that song, more love in my life. But it comes from him, more of you in my life. It comes from God, the one who is love in my life that makes the difference. Love is a verb. <clears throat> I remember that. How many of you remember that song? DC Talk Love, 1992. I had to look it up when it was. I know there's other guys like uh, in the world that are using that phrase, but I don't know if they came up with it, but it was way before these, these more recent guys. Uh, love is a verb, and it's, a, it's something that, that we need to be doing more and more, growing in that. There was a church historian way, way back, and his name was Jerome. And he talks about the Apostle John who wrote uh, the Gospel of John and the letters of John and the book of Revelation. And it said about him that when he became old, 
he used to go among the churches and the assemblies, and he, he's the only one of the apostles that, that, that was not martyred. But it says that, that he would go everywhere to these meetings and gatherings, and he would repeat those words, uh, these words, little children love one another. And his disciples, it says, wearied by the constant repetition, asked him why he always said this. And he says, because it's the Lord's commandment, and if it only be fulfilled, it is enough. If it only be fulfilled, it is enough. If we love one another, truly love one another, we grow in love for one another. It's a command. John shared it. Little children, love one another. I think he's saying that to us today too. Let's, let's love one another. Let's let the world see what, what God is like by the fact that we do love one another and we care about each other with that God kind of love. Let's pray together, shall we? Father, we thank you that you loved us. <clears throat> you loved us so much that you sent your son to the world to, to die for our sins and to pay the price for our sins that we might have eternal life. But, but you also came that, that we might know what true love is, that, that we might know this love and, and experience it and, and that our lives would be transformed by this love and we would grow in it. And we would know the height and the depth and the, the width of that love that Jesus uh, showed us. Father, I pray um, for each one of us that we would love the way you love, that we would um, surrender our ways and, and follow your ways and be more like you. Lord, that's, a, that's impossible. Talk about impossible things. That's impossible, but... We know that with you all things are possible and that you can work through us. I pray for the, for the Teen Challenge home, Lord, that your love would just be poured out in incredible ways there and they would, they would trans, their lives would be transformed just by the love that's shared in that home, Lord. And you can do it. I pray for each one of our homes uh, that we live, the people we live with, that we would uh, grow more and more in love for one another and, and the kind of love that you gave sacrificial and servant kind of love and, and those things we read in 1 Corinthians 13. I pray for our church that this would be a place of love and people would know it when they come that there's love here because God's love is here. Father, I pray this morning as well as we close for any that, that have never experienced the love of Jesus and maybe that's you, you're here today, you don't know Jesus and we've heard testimonies about people who didn't know Jesus, but then they came to know him and, and their lives were changed forever. If that's you this morning, you can do that today. You can open your life and, simp and simply open your heart and, and let Jesus come in and do a work in you as he's done in so many of the people in this room. And all you need to do is pray and surrender. And, and you can pray with me right now and say, Lord Jesus, I, I'm lost and I need hope and I need help and I need a Savior. And so I come today and I open my heart and open my life and I say, please come in. I need that love. I'm so empty and so unloved that I need your love today. Please come. Please come into my life today. Father, I thank you for this group, this day. That you've given us, Lord, bless us, keep us, protect us. 
in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let's stand and sing one more time, shall we? Lord, I need you.